Hey y'all, it's Jenny Mosley and Dr. Ryan Reeves. And we are here live with the Elevate Effect. It's time to take the dental field to a whole nother level. Fly with me, folks. Let's get real and let's get uncomfortable. And we're All back. All right, and we're back. We're back. Hey folks, how y'all doing? Seminar week. Seminar Boom. week, that's exciting. Chicago. Mm. But the mm. weather there is great. The what? I bet the weather there is great. Right weather now. and these girls want to eat hot dogs and stuff. And I'm mm. like, oh gosh. Encased meat, yes. Yeah. Yum. Encased lips and assholes. Wonderful. Mm. I can't wait to smell that. Tastes so good. Yummy. So we figured we'd kind of hone in a little bit on ownership today. Ownership in many different facets. Mm-hmm. And there's this thing called owner's mentality, actually. And some people tend to think that that only goes with just owning something. But owner's mentality is just that. It's the mentality to have ownership of something. So as I went in and started to read and research through this, it was kind of fascinating what I found. I found a story, a TED Talk. It's really cool. And this guy, he was one of the guys, and now I'm going to really mess this up because, you know, but he was a, um, you know, fire, he was in the war, uh, a guard or something like that. Big, huge guy, you know, shaved head and everything. And he was telling his story. And um, he started off the podcast by saying, war is evil. It is, has enemies. It's ugly. It's all these bad things, but it also can bring out such an incredible side of people. And he told his specific story. He was actually the leader of a platoon or something like that. And it was powerful because he was really like strong and his voice was, was just, I don't know. I, I got enthralled in it. And he said, you know, he, he took his troops into some, uh, uh, an area and people got hurt. People, people died and it, it, you know, didn't, didn't bring a lot of great things. And so he had to go report to the head people. And so he's sitting there and they said, we want you to write, you know, a, a dissertation of what happened and I want you to present it to us. And he says to himself, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm going, I'm writing and I'm writing and I'm saying, okay, this person did this, this person did this, this person didn't do this. Then had this person and this person and he's all prepared. And he's like, but I feel, I felt so weird. I didn't know what was wrong. I was missing something. I really want to kill this presentation. And right before he walks in the room, he goes, and then I just got chills and something came to me. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go in there and tell him who's really at fault. And he went in there and I, I get chills even doing it. And I'm not even getting close to the power of his story, obviously. But it was about true ownership. And he went in there and they said, okay, what happened? And he said, I failed. And he, uh, they said, okay. He's like, well, I'm the leader. I'm the one who should have created the success. And it really doesn't matter past that. So I failed. And it was like a pregnant pause. And he looked over and actually the, the guy in charge kind of got teary eyed and said, I guess we're really proud to have you a part of our team or something like that. And he walked out of the room and all of his 
platoon guys or platoon or whatever you call it. We're, we're standing there and they're like, okay, what? And he's like, we're good to go. They're like, what do you mean? I mean, how am I in trouble? He goes, look, you're not in trouble. I messed up. I'm your leader. I should have led you better. And he looked at the camera and of course this was like a 20 minute Ted talk, but, and he goes, own your shit, people own it. If you want to be successful, if you want to get to the next step, own your shit. And it just really resonated to me, especially in just this research, because you can look up so many things about being an owner or about having your team want to just own being a team member. I just, and all these things can come up. And that was the first thing that came up. And I thought to myself, that is a beautiful way to put it because ownership has owner in it. So if you want to own something, then you have to actually create for yourself to have ownership of it. You have to literally own every piece. And so again, a bunch of research, but fascinating story because he said, I could have gone in there and I could have just said a bunch of stuff, but really deep down, being a true, true owner to get movement forward, to become successful forward, to fail forward is to actually own your shit. And he said they've never, they never became a better group. He never was able to lead better than after that. It changed him completely as a, a, and I don't, I, I don't know what they call it, the leaders in those things, but there's a word for it. And he said, you know, I, we never had a problem from that point forward. And I was the problem, the belief in me as an, as the leader, you know, it was just really fascinating. And that was the start of my whole journey of trying to research all of this. And, you know, we've been going through stuff just even in this practice. And I am obviously not an easy person to work with. One of the things that I tend to fight with, not fight, but tend to disagree with, with a lot of the people like leaders I work with is I believe that the number one trait of a good leader is responsibility. And that is not what a lot of people in at least the field that I've been in for the last 30 years agree with. They tend to want to think it's everybody else's fault. And the only way we can have a, a team to follow us is if they see that we actually own it and own it is we own the problems, the successes, we own it all and we take responsibility. If they're sucking, then that means we are. And it was really, really neat because we needed all of this to happen at this certain time. I don't want to be the one to keep talking. I don't know. Did you want to say something? You're doing great. Was that story touching? I'd, I'd like to watch the TED talk yeah, now. Yeah, because then you're going to call me and go, whoa, you bombed it because this is no, I, I mean I think you conveyed the general message I mean obviously he did it more powerfully but I think I mean I I, I think I'm getting what you're putting down yeah because it's like now I am not discounting you know I have a father who is in I mean you know total veteran and so I'm not discounting that but we kind of live out our own little war every day you know if it's your kids in the morning if it's you know a team member calling in sick we all live out our little separate wars every day. And so do we just sit there and say, what the hell? Or do we go, okay, what could I have done differently to have this happen differently? And that to me is what I grasped out of this whole thing is how can I change and get my desire back to have the people with me have it too. 
Um, and so it was just really fascinating. So I thought, gosh, this would be an incredible concept. I mean, love that we have a, a partner with us in one of our little businesses, Reeves, that throws us these things. Isn't it great to have somebody inspire you? It is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. No, it is. It, it, so, it was a great, great owning, own, own ownership mentality. There are four com- concepts. Love to go through them with you and yeah, see what it. your thoughts are. The first one is you have to own the why. You should never leave the vision. For example, you know, we have a certain way that people enter our building and all, you know, all new patients come in one way. And really all patients only really come in three or four ways. We, you know, remember it's simple, but hard. And so, you know, to me, it doesn't matter who that is. It should never leave. That vision should never leave. If it is a kid, a family member, um, it, whatever it is, and a, a, um, a, a movie star, I don't care. It's that nobody should get something different because you're owning the why as to why we're doing what we do. Can you talk about that? About that specific? Well, I just feel like sometimes. Well, cause it, I, for me, it's consistency. I mean, you can't. So would you, if you had a clear vision of, as an owner, why would you ask for something and request something that's off the vision to even put, cause here's the thing, you got a team member and you're an owner, you're trying to tell the team member to do something. And then you say, Hey, but for this situation, will you do it differently? Right there is cuts off all leadership and ownership for team members. And you wonder why then they don't do it. Wonder why they then they go, well, what do I do in this decision? Do I make mm-hmm. this decision? I mean, we are the reason for them slowly inching away from our vision. Yeah. Can you speak on that? Sorry. I, I, I was just, I was just thinking about something that I don't want to get into now where that's really applicable when we were talking about do it yesterday. My phone to, so we were reminds us. Oh, no, no, okay. no, 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 J- just, um, something came to mind in terms of how people enter the practice. And, um, I mean, we, not all of our families are seen at the practice, like family members. Correct. Right. And uh, you're a good example of that because you understand that, that this is not what they need. So they're not seen here because you don't want to just have them come in, um, a different way thereby clouding the vision. Right. You know, another thing that I got out of it, and I want to send this to you because I think you're going to love this. This guy, again, he's a business guru and I watched a video. It's about 12 minutes long and he has three kids and he's, he, he, they, him and his family play a bunch of games. Their favorite game is Monopoly. And he said, He's watching his kids play after a while and they would go hours. And he said, you know, all of a sudden I saw them making new rules. And he was like, okay, he, this is weird. What do you, why do you guys make a new rule? You can't do that. And they're like, what do you mean? I'll just get the money later. And he said to himself, wait a second, is this game teaching them that, you know, like money's indispensable because it's fake money. Mm-hmm. So he said, okay, I challenge you. And he calls it, it's somewhere out there. He calls it something like the $10,000 lesson. And he's put real cash to teach. And he has, they're nine, 11 and like 13. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was 
unbelievable what they what they did following after it being connected to real cash. Hmm. And the reason why I'm bringing this up again about owner's mentality is we have bills, we have financial statements, we have all these things. And how do you create for your team to actually understand the value of what it is we're doing? Hence family. If, if, if I brought, for example, like my husband has mercury in his mouth. He, 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 I said, can you please get the mercury out of your mouth? Why? It's not bothering me. And I said, well, it's not, it's toxic. And he says, okay, I mean, uh, fine. I'll, I'll, I'll do a little at a time or whatever. Okay, great. Well then let me get you somewhere that can do it like that. But you remove one. What's the point? Then there's still stuff in there, but that's his value and that's fine. But why would I bring him to a place that values something different? He'll never see the value of what we're doing. Mm, Never. It's not in his head. Plus my daughter, for example. I mean, there are places that cater to children that give them an experience so that then when it's time to go to a place, they'll understand the value of that place. If she's coming to the high value now, she'll never understand the difference. Mm -hmm. And so... You know, it's just, again, not trying to say anybody's got to do anything differently. But I think if you could just have, you know, ownership mentality is never leaving that clear vision is always as hard as it is. And as as, as hard to think, like sometimes you can be um, like, you know, you, you, you always know who to call or who to send to to go, hey, this person is asking to come to the practice. So you send it to the person that actually knows how to actually walk through it. Mm-hmm. You send that to, say, a group message to the team, and you've got an emergency visit in your schedule. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you? That's a, that, that's what they were stating in like this whole concept. It's the person that just has that vision and never wavers from it. That's the first one. The second part of an owner's mentality was end-to-end perspective, which I thought this was really interesting because. A lot of guys, or excuse me, women, guys, dentists in the level that you're at are almost innovators in a sense because they didn't actually create it, but they want to be innovative with their patients' mouths. And so I thought, you know, it's interesting that they want to do it within the dentistry or create things, but within the systems of the practice itself, and ownership practice itself, how innovative are they there? Do they take a lot of that mindset of creation and and vision and, you know, you know, artistry in the mouth? And are they going, oh my gosh, how can I put this innovative transparency to identify problems, fix problems? I mean, this is who you guys are as dentists, Mm. but when it comes to sitting down and actually identifying it with the practice, I get a lot of guys that go, well, marketing didn't do a good job or, you know, the team is, you know, not doing a good job or whatever it is. And it's Mm -hmm. like, well, wait a second, take that same innovative concept of how you work through a mouth and TMJ problems and you're breaking a tooth and all this stuff and go, how can I walk through that same thing for just the practice systems itself? That was the second thing that they were saying. So you own the why and the vision. And then when you do that, you become more transparent as to what the true problems are. And then you use 
your your ability to kind of fix these problems. And so are a lot of us in the ownership level, are we fixing problems or are we just blaming problems? Do we sit down and say, okay, let's say it is somewhat of a marketing problem or whatever. Are we saying, hey, man, you suck. Are we going, well, wait, maybe we made the wrong decision. Are we analyzing our numbers wrong? Are we guiding them wrong? Or, you know, like that, again, is the second part. It's just this, it's this concept of not pointing the finger. Mm -hmm. Well, I... Was that the pregnant pause? <laughs> yeah, that was it. Uh, I, I'm always looking at what I did wrong, which is a, a little bit of a struggle with you and I, because that, that sounds to you, I think a lot of times, like I'm, I'm, Hey, I'm, maybe I'm being selfish. Like it's not about you. Uh, so I think I'm maybe even almost too much like that way introspectively, as opposed to, you know, not taking me out of it, but a little bit uh, bigger scale, like not necessarily the team member either. Right. So not the I team member, not me. To I too quickly. Yeah. Instead of just saying, okay, let's identify what is the true problem here without people involved. Mm -hmm. What is the true problem? Then who's involved in it and how do we fix it? Mm -hmm. Just kind of like someone breaks their tooth. And in our world, we don't necessarily just go straight quick to fixing it or so-called fixing it. We want to kind of analyze what's the pr real problem. Why don't we do that with just the practice alone, the ownership of how to run the practice or run whatever business you're running is to truly be innovative with your systems, not just what is you're actually providing as a tangible thing you're selling or your product. You know, we're really picky about all those things, but then when it comes down to actually running the business of, of being an owner, if we show being we're innovative, then the team will follow. So I think whatever we resonate, they, they copy. Yeah. Mirror. The third one was the, the authority to make decisions. So it's more of like an ability, you know, I'll be honest. I, I don't know what it's like to not be like that. So it was weird for me to go make a decision, but there's a lot of people that really fear decision-making. Well, if you, have to make a decision, then you have to be responsible for that decision and nobody wants to be responsible. So there's more fear of what's going to happen than the decision itself. I believe so. Yeah. Example. Um, uh, and I'm talking about more of at this point, we're at the owner, not the team member yet. Team members down at the bottom. Uh, authority example of a, 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 as an owner, Mm -hmm. The inability to make a decision because of the outcome. Um, I, 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 this may or may not fit into what you're saying, but I, I could, I could see, um, the decision to take a whole day's worth of production and just use it for training, training the team. Okay. So, okay. I can see that being a diff difficult decision because you're just not sure if that's going to pay off. So it's like, well, if I, 
I mean, is that the reason we were low? I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's not a great example. I don't know. I, I'm no, just I get it. Like it's, 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 that's what I'm saying. You and I, we're, we're just not these kind of people. So it was very hard to go. How can somebody not make a decision? Right. So, um, the times when I struggle to make a decision, it's, I, I want to have all the facts before I make a decision. Um, you can't always have all the facts, but I mean, so many times if like you're hearing from different people in your role in the practice, you're hearing from different people a lot. And it's interesting to me how many times, um, the perspective of what happened is different from person to person. And if you just went off, um, and a lot of people don't also give facts. They they give their their story. <clears throat> they give a, give you a story without facts, and then you, I mean you can't make you shouldn't make a decision based on a story you're being told as opposed to the facts. Would, so what I'm hearing from you, Doctor Reeves. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, please come back and, and fix is, me. <laughs> there's possibly a deeper problem with decisions are being made by the feedback from either patients not saying yes, team members not doing well, instead of just facts. So really the problem is we're not keeping data and facts to make decisions, really. I think that's a huge part of it. Huge part. I mean, like I agree 100%. It's like maybe that's why we are more comfortable. I mean, we have facts that we have to look at that makes us make decisions just flat out. The, the phone call one or the marketing one, I think is really important. And I, I learned this really early on. And that was just to drill down from, okay, the marketing is not working. Well, okay. How do you back that up? What are the facts? Well, we didn't collect as much. Okay. Well, that's one way to look at it, but really that's, that's, um, not detailed enough. So to kind of drill down, it's like, okay, well, how many calls did we actually get? Okay. Oh, we're not getting enough calls. Well, is that the problem? Or are you not answering the phone? Right. Or you're not answering the phone. Right. You know, it's, and it's like, are, are you answering every time it rings? So, you know, you can go down this rabbit hole, but that's the kind of rabbit hole you got to go down in order to be able to make a decision as to whether the marketing is actually well, let's working or reword. Not. The rabbit hole comes from, the lack of the system tracking. So it's really, that's not, to me, that's not a rabbit hole. That's just a, that's a tunnel to a bright light. It's just a dark tunnel, right? The rabbit hole is when you use your team and go, Hey, how are the calls doing? They really suck today. Do you realize they could answer you because they sucked? Right. You know? And so I've yeah. got old, you know, previous clients and stuff like that, where it's like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's just the, the calls aren't good. Really? Did you listen to them? Well, no, but the team was like, yeah, they're really low quality. How in the heck are they, how do they have the ability to, if they are, they shouldn't be in your office. They should have their own business. Because remember to be an owner, the mentality of an owner is to actually own it. So you have to actually hear it and own it and go, Ooh, that is not what we want. Huge. That's that. Yeah. We just went down a really good tunnel to a bright light. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, lots of information we went over. That was the end of part one. Stay tuned. We got a whole nother section of part two coming next week. 